Okay, so this morning, these guys are the experts. So where you've had to tolerate me for the last, what has it been, three weeks? You now are listening to experts. Now, one of the things that we, I, I am blessed with here at 23 is just the diversity of our congregation, young and old, married and single, and, and people that are, are dating, that have just gotten married, that are in the middle of marriage, and then those that have been married for a long time. Everybody say, long time. That's those guys. <laughs> but this is what I feel. Right? So, so most of you know that I grew up in a blue-collar world. And in every, every trade that I learned and every trade that I ban began from the time I followed a backhoe in a ditch to the time I was framing, to setting forms, to pouring concrete, to becoming a cabinet maker, I always was told to look for the guy that looked like he had been there a long time and that the boss liked. Because that guy could teach you how to work. And if, if in, in certain areas you know that like in a construction field, you've got like 18 hours to prove the boss that you're worth hiring or they're gonna fire you. Or in modern vernacular, they lay you off. Um, I always looked at it as being fired. But you always, and I was blessed whether I was at a, had a shovel in my hand or whether I was, I was finishing or pouring concrete or, or whether I was swinging a hammer or using a chisel and building cabinets. I always had somebody that was teaching me. And that's wisdom. Right? I used to crack up that I'd get young guys in a cabinet shop when I became the foreman. That would, you would always watch them. They'd take the sharpest thing in their tool pouch and they would back cut. They would cut towards themselves. And everybody that I knew was like, oh, Lord. But everybody that first picks up a knife or a chisel, the first immediate tendency is to back cut. It makes sense. You hold a piece, you cut towards it, it seems stable. And everybody that has ever worked with a chisel or a knife has wounds on their hands to show how horrible that idea is. So this morning we're going to continue our discussion on relationships with people that know better than the back cut. That people that have lived a, a, a lot of life and, and have an enormous amount of experience. And so what I'd like to do as, as happily as possible is which side, who wants to go first? Richard, you look like you want to go first. So why don't you introduce okay. yourself? So do this, introduce yourself to us. Tell us where you first met and how long you've been married. My name is Richard Ortega. And Richard, you know if you're wrong. Yeah, I know. Better get my name right. Uh, that's my lovely wife, Jane. We met at a taco stand. Her dad owned a taco stand in Los Angeles, out in the San Fernando Valley. She's a valley girl. <laughs> and long story short, I saw her and we were sitting outside and I was eating and I had her brother-in-law, who became my brother-in-law, have him introduce me to her, and he did. We went in, sat down, talked for about two minutes. I met her dad at the taco stand, and that's it. Awesome. I went home, got on the phone, called my sister, and said, I just met the girl I'm going to marry. Oh. And I knew that. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's who I am. Oh. 46 years. 47 and 
August. 47 in August? Awesome. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm Jane, and this is my really handsome husband, Richard. And we met at that taco stand. And um, I didn't go home and tell anybody that I met the man I was going to marry. <laughs> In fact, I, I was thinking about that. And I, the song for him would be is, um, for his song for me for that situation would be. I know for mine, would it, it would be, I love you more today oh, than yesterday. Yeah. Not as know. much as tomorrow. What was yours? I don't remember. I should have written it down, but it was so, really good. So you, let's remember that people have to follow you. And so when you break out in song, for someone like Bill who can't sing. Okay, you skip this okay Gail, you just break out in song now. I don't sing. <laughs> I promise. You guys look scary, scarier than I thought it would. Um, my name's Gail Gorham. This is my handsome husband, Sheldon. And uh, we met when we were sophomores in high school in biology class. And Sheldon got in trouble for talking. We were at tables. <laughs> and my table was all girls, and the rest of them were all guys. And he got in trouble for talking. <laughs> and the, the teacher said, Sheldon, move over to the girls' table. <laughs> so that's how we met. <laughs> Sheldon had game. <laughs> Throw me in that briar patch. <laughs> that was his thought. So anyway, we dated off and on in high school. We've been married 50 years last December. Awesome. So, yeah. And I am the uh, other half of this team, uh, Sheldon. And um, actually, I, I, I saw Gail before the sophomore year. Um, and I worked at this skating rink. And uh, her and her uh, friends came in. And there was a viewing window at the end of the, at the rink. And uh, I spied her through that. And I thought, wow. There she is, and uh, I don't know. We just uh, got together later, but uh, yeah. Awesome. Green. So he hit it once, and it should turn green. Test. Hello. There we are. Okay. <laughs> We're the Storzes, and this is my sweetheart, my wife, and my best friend June. And uh, we met when she was a junior in high school, and I was going to electronic school in Denver at the time, and we met at a dance at my previous girlfriend's house. And, <laughs> and we were doing the bunny hop, and she asked me to dance. And so we've been dancing ever since. And we've been married a uh, little over 50 years, uh, 50 years in October. So, and he's likewise my support and my friend, as well as my love. I am Margie Driver, and this is my husband, Wayne. Um, we met in Benita, California, just outside Chula Vista, which is where we were married. Um, I met him and introduced him to my best friend, and they, they became engaged, and 
<laughs> we got married. <laughs> so, but we've been married 47 years, and when we first got married, we said we'd never get divorced, and we're not, haven't killed each other, so it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> and when I proposed to her, the proposal was, if I can get my ring back from the girl I'm engaged to, <laughs> so I can trade it in on a ring for you, will you marry me? <laughs> That's true. So, 47, 50? No, 46. 46? No, 47. We're the young ones. In August. 50? 50? 47. 47. 194 years. 193 years. 193 years and change. Proverbs tells us that a wise man listens to advice. And, and, and so what I'd like to kind of... To pose to you this morning is, is, is this is going to be kind of a practical, practical thing. We're going to close by discovering the role God has played in 190 plus years of marriage. Yeah. Because every single one of these will tell you that without Christ, this, these milestones would have been almost impossible to enjoy. And, and yet we can imagine that, that, that all of us have, 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 had good times and bad times. So you look out and you see these, these smile. You guys got to smile. If you look sour to me, it's like, ah, it's just like they bet on Kansas. On the, on the, they have the Kansas as their final team. Does somebody have Kansas? It's like assuming the Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. It's just... <laughs> God bless you, Daniel. Um, so you look at all this. We got, we got a, a, a myriad of people. If you were going to, uh, real quick, in a, in, a, in a couple words or phrases, when someone's starting out, or someone sees somebody in high school or, or, or across a room or through a window or whatever, um, what advice would you give them to begin to build a foundation on a relationship that could last? You want to, anybody wants to go? June? Become friends, most of all. What does that look like? Um, just being with each other, but including other people, uh, listening to other people, watching how he, in my case, he, um, was with his parents mm. and how he treats me in good times and bad. No, I was just going to say, um, like in our case, we have some things in common that, that when we started dating uh, was that we liked to sing in the car together. We had a favorite song. It was an old hymn. And we found that we liked to harmonize together. And so I think when, if you find someone that you, know, that you have fun with and that you like, to, you, know, you like the same things or you, at least one thing in common that you like to do, and, and, I, and this is above, you know, a, a foundation in the Lord because we were both um, Christians. We didn't go to the same church, but we liked to sing the hymns, and I started going to church with him, and 
So we had a lot of things in common. I just wanted to add on to that, that uh, through the years, that was such a, a beautiful thing when God put us together. And it was just, we didn't know we harmonized together, but we would do that. That just kind of just serendipity just happens. Mm. We would just sing together. So we enjoyed doing that. And I played guitar. I was already playing guitar when I met her in church and stuff. And so she was playing a little bit of the piano, and she didn't like to play too much in front of me, but I encouraged her to play, and she eventually plays piano, and she worships here on the piano. And it's just been it, The Lord's has really done a good thing, and we've always been together in worship and music together where he has melted our hearts together in that. I think for Gail and I, um, one of the things that we really bonded uh, through was that we kind of grew up in a, in a small town in southwest Iowa, and we had kind of the same values that mm. we, we had the same social circles kind of thing. Um, but after we did get married, uh, well, she went to nursing school and I went into the Navy for, uh, before we got married after high school. But then when we did get married, we moved away 1,500 miles from everybody we knew. And that, um, the challenges that we had there uh, brought us closer together. We depended on each other. There was nobody else. Uh, we weren't all that much uh, into the in, into church at that time. I kind of grew up in the church. Gail really began to know the Lord at age 18. Um, but even then, we, we tried to find a church in our area and, and go to it. Uh, sometimes the naval church on the base was pretty watered down as far as uh, spiritual um, uh, teaching. But uh, we always had a God kind of in our backgrounds and, in, and, and in, as a third party to our marriage. And uh, that's what I think we bonded together for the first several years because there was nobody else but us to trust and to uh, to work on to, uh, our marriage. Good deal. And I had, uh, had prayed, I and mean, sure everybody does it, but um, just that the Lord would bring the right person. Mm. And I knew that I knew that I knew that he was the man I was supposed to marry. And after you're first married and they do dumb things, you think, why did I marry him? And go, oh, <laughs> because this is what God wanted. <laughs> You want to add to that, Wayne? Yeah, that's no, that's that's basically true. <laughs> As, I don't know if this would be right at the very beginning of relationships, but at some point, if it begins to get serious, or you, it feels like it is, you will never change that person. Mm. So whatever you get then, you're going to get after you get married. <laughs> you might want to say that one more time. <laughs> Whatever you get then, that's what you get after you're married. So you, you can only change yourself. Mm. You can't change that other person. Yeah. Give up on it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, work on yourself, you know. And... Uh, so, so over the course, you, you know, you, you date and you enter into a serious relationship. How is your communication, and I would imagine that it's changed, your communication skills, how you talk to one another, 
Uh, will, does it, has everybody on the stage had an argument or, or had a fight in their relationship? Right. Can we just stretch their hand, our hands out? Um, so so in, the, in the context of, of communication, and, and one of the things as a pastor that, that, that I discovered, one of the, one of the hot topics of, of any sort of counseling or, or putting a fire out kind of situation normally centers around how do we fight and how do we talk. And, and so I'd be curious about what you guys have discovered in the role, the role communication has played um, in the years that you guys have been married and if it's changed. That makes sense. I, I think for for us, uh, I didn't say this earlier, but uh, Jane already had known the Lord from a young girl, and so did I. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was seven years old, so I had a context of uh, knowing the Lord. I had a wonderful experience growing up in the Lord, and so did Jane. So when we, the way we compromised and the way we talked, and I, I think. I know it sounds real holy and all that stuff, but we never really took it out. We always, I, I think both of us understood that God was going to be the head of our, our home mm-hmm. and the head of our relationship and everything we did. And and it really was. And I can give you a, even an illustration. I, I know for me, I just getting to know Jane and talking and about life and where you want to go. And I used to ask her questions and she says, quit asking me all those questions. I'm not ready to answer all those. Like I many, was. How many kids do you want to have? Yeah. And we and we're just dating. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I already knew it was a year and a half. So, before so we, that yeah. didn't work. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. No, what I did is I quieted down a little bit. And so anyway, but we went to a movie, and while we were sitting in the movie, I just felt uncomfortable. And mm. I know this sounds real holy and all this, but I'm being honest and serious about this. And so I, I grabbed her hand and we ran out, got in the car, went parked in front of their house. And I just wept and wept like a baby. Didn't know why. It's not, I, I don't, I, I couldn't understand it. She's looking at me. You know, we're just dating and she's just watching me. And I'm just wept, weeping and weeping. But with the point being is this, the Lord was doing something in us. And it, he, was, he was doing something in me. And he was saying, be careful. Take care. This is, this is a special gift. Be careful. Yeah. And I was trying to really be. And I, and I was honest before. I, w- I was trying to be open before the Lord and how I responded and all that. And, so, uh, so, Jane, let anyway. me ask you this. What role did his transparency play in your heart? His transparency? Meaning that he was willing to show his emotions or show... Oh, well, the first example that pops into my mind, though, is what was different, too, is... Um, we were sitting on a couch in my house after going out to dinner, and I thought, okay, here come, here it comes, you know, the kiss, and I love you, you know, the same old, same old. And he leans over and kisses me on the cheek and said, you make me happy. And, you know, that was a real honest, you know, wasn't typical. So he he's honest that way. And over the years, though, I, I think... Early on, I was very like a meek and mild kind of person, but something happened after the kids left, and you know, I'm working now, and I just kind of 
became more vocal in expressing my opinions, and I think that's when we started to have more clashes, because mm -hmm. Rich has always been kind of dominant, and you know, he speaks his mind and his heart always has an opinion. And um, I love that about him, though. And you know, you just work through those things. I mean, he's accepted me. I know that he loves me. In fact, one of the first things that he told me when we got married was, you can yell at me, throw pots and pans, break dishes, but love me. And I think, you know, even scripturally, too, it says, don't let the, the sun go down upon your wrath. Mm -hmm. And so um, mm -hmm. we could have, and then the older you get, we, we have arguments and things, but if you just wait a while or a day, you forget. <laughs> <laughs> Life goes on. <laughs> no, but we, of age. Anybody else? Love. Our, our uh, communication really got a good start when I was stationed in the military, and June and her mom and my mom and my best friend was a, that was the only people in our wedding. We got married in California, and we spent two years there. Just her and I, and we were able to really, you know, sort out a lot of things in our lives throughout the, the we wanted to go. But the hardest part was I got orders for Korea a year, for a year. I was, we were separated for a whole year. And that was before Skype. It was before texting, uh, email. All we had was airmail. I wrote to her every day, you know. Uh, and I think that really built our relationship was during that time is when, when we were actually separated. But uh, it, it really turned out to be really a strong point for me. Our communication um, was really good uh, at the beginning after I was uh, deployed uh, in the service. Um, I'd be gone for three to four months at a time, and I could not communicate with anyone uh, she could send me four 20 word messages over the three months Twitter and uh, <laughs> wasn't quite Twitter <laughs> they called them family grams but she had to send them in before we deployed and they would just uh, put on a radio message out and we would pick that up and then they would deliver it to you. So you got, uh, you got uh, really, you were welcoming the, uh, the messages. Um, one of the messages I remember, and I still have these, uh, all of them in a little box downstairs, but uh, one of them told me that uh, our daughter Jennifer was going to be on the way. Uh. And uh, so we had uh, pretty hard communications there for a while. When I would come home, um, I would say, who's this woman? Um, because her being alone uh, for the three or four months, she had to take care of everything. The car broke down or pay the bills, uh, everything. So she became a lot more, um, how should I say, bo not bossy, um, <laughs> assertive. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so over our, the years that we've uh, been married, um, our communication has changed quite a bit in, in times. Now, uh, we, uh, we don't have a lot of conflict in our, in our lives, uh, but uh, communication is, 
she looks at Facebook and I look at uh, Twitter and um, <laughs> no, we talk. We good, do. Good, good, good. Good. I remember at first uh, when we were just dating and we were young and he didn't have a driver's license. My parents would bring us, bring me into town. My dad farmed in a little town in Iowa, and we would walk around uh, in the little town, holding hands and talking. And uh, I think we, in that way, learned a lot about each other, and uh, mm. yeah, and that, was, and that was a good way to start, and Sheldon uses a lot of humor. I'm more the straight person, <laughs> but Sheldon uses quite a bit of humor, so that helps, too. We found that uh, humor does play quite a bit. Um, I was thinking in our younger years, uh, I had a lot of growing up to do. I tend to be impulsive, and he's the thinker. <laughs> and, uh, but I can remember in particular one uh, little argument that we had, and he had gone out in the fall and cut my um, mums my mums down. And you know, in the autumn is when they're the prettiest. I was so angry. <laughs> So I got some clippers, and I told him I was going to go cut his tree down. <laughs> and I had him up there ready, and then I looked back, and then here he and the girls are standing at the door looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and <clears throat> we got to laughing about that. And it just, that's the way a lot of times our disagreements end, end up, is laughing at each other and ourselves. <laughs> If I give our example of communication, he's, he's a prophet. They, they think different. When we were pastoring here back in the early 80s, I used to meet with the elders' wives on Thursday morning. And this one particular Thursday morning in March, it was snowing pretty good outside. And I said to him, what do you think? Should I cancel the meeting? And he goes, well, you do what you think is best. So 11 o'clock rolled around. And I, the street didn't look that bad. So I got ready to go, and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to go meet with the ladies. He said, I told you not to go. <laughs> There's a lot of stories like that. But if I could just, one of the things I've learned, and I still haven't learned it very well, and that is tone of voice. Tone of voice is so powerful. And... Uh, in the earlier years, I was pretty strong and loud. When we got into the pastorate, I was still strong and loud. And when I tried to make a change, because I realized that that was just cutting her right mm -hmm. to the heart, that kind of tone of whatever the words were, it was the tone of voice. So I tried to soften, soften. And then finally one day she said to me, don't talk to me in that counselor's voice. <laughs> I'm not, I am not one of your clients. Do not do that. So I, I would just say tone of voice is really. And then the real breakthrough was in the first two years. I can't remember exactly when. She looked at me and she said, I am not your mama. If you want a mama, go back home to your mother. I am not your mama. That kind of got me going a little better. So, so we're... 
<laughs> I got, I got nothing. <laughs> now, but, but how I'd like to, to end this is, and and we're we're conscious of the time, but but I'd like a couple of you, maybe to try to articulate. And and it, this just seems kind of strange to say this in church because we make assumptions that, well, we're in church and, and God plays a massive role in our lives. But the fact is, is sometimes we sit in church and we, we don't enter into relationship or we compartmentalize our faith to be something we do on Sundays but not to enter into relationship. And yet, I, I would be, I'd be curious, maybe if you guys can, can someone go first and then shrink your answers down. But how vital was was God and Christ in your marriages, in your relationships? It, it was from the beginning. Like I said before, the way Jane and I met, I, it was, yeah, I don't want to be very long. But anyway, it meant, in fact, when in the bottom of the list it says, the last thing on the list was, you know, what, what, what do you think the, the Lord's part in all of this is, with your life, whatever. It's everything. And I know that sounds, quote, holier than thou and all that. But I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. In fact, when they were talking about humor, it's, I'm, I'm so serious inside that I have to be humorous because <laughs> I'm serious. I, I really am because that's, that's, how, I, that's how I roll. Um, I, I live my life very seriously for the Lord in a sense. And, but, and I was always very shy. But when I began to open up, I used a lot of humor be, to get points across. But when it really comes down to where the rubber meets the road, it's really God is working in her, God is working in me, and God is working in both of us. Amen. And I know that. I know that I know Perfect. that I know that I know. And the life that we've lived together, God has shown us and he's spoken to us. He's given us words. We've, gone, we've done things that normally most, a lot of Christians probably wouldn't do. We've done them. We've left home. We've left kids. We've done this. We've done that to go do ministry and stuff. I wouldn't recommend that unless you know that God's doing it. But I'm just saying God is, we try to listen to him. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we're always listening. Perfect. I just want to say one thing real quick. And it's not like life has been so easy. I mean, we've been through some really, really hard times. Absolutely. And God's been faithful. Amen. Even through all the messes of this you know, life, and it's not just like us, but our kids and our grandkids, and God's faithful. I remember, uh, I think we were 27, 28 years old, and we moved to Greeley, and the neighbor behind us went to church, and we started going to church where she went, or they went, and um, we were, and it was a Bible-believing, you know, Christian-teaching church, and I started going to a women's Bible study uh, because I didn't understand him. <laughs> um, he worked a lot, and, and then I'm kind of a, you know, um, a time person. I, I like to have a lot of time with him. And he worked a lot of hours and went to school. And I wasn't too happy. And uh, we had children. And um, I went to a Bible study and... Um, mm. Sorry, <laughs> that Bible study taught on um, about men, about having a husband and what God has put in him. 
And that really helped me Amen. a lot to understand him and, um, and what God was doing in him. Through that church is when I was first baptized, and uh, things changed for me quite a bit at that time. I still had to drive to go to work and please the boss and to get ahead and go to school and those things. But uh, I realized that, and everybody needs to know that there is more than work. There is more to life than working for the man. You uh, you need to. Uh, tone that down and put wife and family first. Thank you. A couple minutes, you guys. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> In our past, I could see over the years how God has really worked through our lives and helping raise our kids. I wasn't born, uh, uh, I wasn't a Christian when, when I lived at home, but through a Bible study with a couple that we met through work, just brought us along and got us set in the Word really strong and We've just really have grown during that time, raising kids in different situations we've been through. We can look back and say, God did that. God did that. He's just number one in our lives. Yeah, that's true. Because I was going to say, because maybe some of you were not Christians when you got married, but God ordained that marriage anyway. And he can see it through uh, as he did us. Because I was, gosh, we'd been married for about 10 years before uh, we both came to the Lord within a few months of each other. But, yes, definitely, he's carried us through. When we got together, well, let's put this, um, he was engaged to my best friend who went to Africa on youth mission work, which I had voted against. I was on the committee choosing. And during that time, people in the church came up to me and said, we have been praying that you and Wayne would get together. It was after we had first started dating. So I just, God had it. It, it was and a plan. plan that that's what we were to do. So thank you. Real quick and simple. Margie is the greatest expression of acceptance that I've ever experienced with anyone as the acceptance that we get from God in him. The greatest example. Number two, she probably is, over the years, the strongest person of faith in the midst of all kinds of crap, church, family, kids, whatever, than anyone I have ever met in my life and I've met a few people those two things along with commitment and I know that's a nasty word in our culture do not let culture shape your relationship fight against it continue to just trust the Lord and grow in him that's easy to say but I wanted to make sure you understood that in that in our relationship it's Margie's acceptance of me and her faith in God that has sustained us. Thank you so much. Can we give these guys a hand? Can we stand?